Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. I think Jed had a really good offseason. I mean, I think we've added some parts that are going to be really, really um, beneficial to the whole. And I, I don't see any reason why we wouldn't be favored for our division this year. And now it's Zach Zaidman on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. Cubs chairman Tom Ricketts meeting with the media earlier today in Mesa, Arizona. Hi, everyone. Zach Zaidman with you until 9 o'clock on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. We've been talking about a lot of different things. We had Chuck Swirsky on to talk some Bulls and NBA All-Star game in the first hour. We had Kevin Fishbane of The Athletic talk some Bears. Now it's time to talk some Cubs with you. And joining us on the Circa Sports Illinois Hotline is Bruce Levine. No one knows the Cubs and Sox better than Bruce. CircaLasVegas.com. And Bruce, the Cubs made some minor moves after Tom Ricketts met with the media. Uh, Robert Murray reporting that the Cubs have signed both outfielder David Peralta and first baseman Dom Smith to minor league deals. I don't know if you're just hearing about this, but uh, the Cubs are committed to adding depth and and taking some chances on people. We'll get to Bellinger in just a sec, but that's a big thing for them. Well, you know, uh, Zach, they're interesting signings because Tom Ricketts talked about Bellinger and – that, you know, there still have open lines to Bellinger, but there hasn't been any serious negotiations as of late, uh, but that their lines are wide open. Uh, you know, if you don't send Bellinger, are you preparing for Dominic Smith to play first base on a part-time basis, David Peralta to, to uh, protect left and right field in case there was an injury and also uh, platoon at some point when he's out there. Uh, for all the with the Dodgers last year, the salad days of his career with the Giants, I mean, with the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks, where he's uh, been a 280 hitter for most of his career. So <clears throat> small moves to protect themselves, uh, also solidify some positions that need to be solidified with, uh, you know, Michael Bush hopefully being the starting center fielder obtained from the Dodgers in a trade right around the um, Cub convention. So a lot of moving parts here in Arizona. Where do you want to begin? All right, let's start with Bellinger, because that's the thing Cubs fans want to know about most. Why isn't he a Cub right now? And what are we going to look at realistically in terms of uh, when anything is going to get done with the Cubs or some other team around Major League Baseball? 
Well, you know, the, the prof thing just hasn't matched years of money at this this point. You know, they haven't they haven't set the parameters of how many years and how much money uh, that he's going to get. Uh, you know, it's it's odd because it's February the nineteenth and camp has begun with the full squad reporting today, Zach. Uh, the pictures and pictures Bruce, I'll Monday tell you what we're going to do. Uh, your line is going in and out. So we're going to put you on hold for a second, allow our producer, Leo Stoddard, to, to get things fixed up, maybe get you on a different line, and we'll pop back up because uh, I'm really interested in hearing uh, what you have to say in, in regards to uh, Cody Bellinger and the Cubs and what his future is going to be. Because Ricketts basically saying today the team is waiting for Belly and his agent uh, Scott Boris to engage in contract negotiations. The teams have had discussions per Ricketts, but they really have not had any kind of full-fledged negotiations that have taken place uh, to this point so far in the offseason. And Bellinger was uh, one of the biggest keys to the Cubs season last year. He hit 307 with 26 home runs as uh, he bounce back from uh, a, a couple of injury-prone and poor statistical seasons with the Dodgers. So let's uh, let's go back to Bruce Levine in Arizona. We've gotten the technical issues ironed out. Bruce, uh, thank you so much for rejoining us. So for those that, that are just tuning in, uh, I was asking Bruce about Tom Ricketts' comments regarding Cody Bellinger and when can we expect something? Because right now it appears as though there there isn't anything that's going on between the two sides. It doesn't appear that way, Zach. And, and you know, I, I know that's troubling to Cub fans, but it takes two to tango. And right now, as we said before, you know, if, if he's asking for a seven or eight year contract or even six at this point, I don't know if the uh, the Cubs are interested to uh, to pay, you know, whatever the $25, 27000000 million demand it is. Tom Rickers was very, very uh, open to talk about Bellinger. And the fact that uh, they've had negotiations, uh, they've had contact, let's put it that way. They've had contact and talking over the many months, but there's no real negotiations going on at this particular moment. Uh, That could change within a a couple hours or a day or one phone call. It could change immediately. But in the meantime, as we talked about, you know, they're signing minor league uh, contracts with veteran players like Dominic Dominic Smith, who, is a first baseman and has power and David Peralta, who's a corner outfielder and has had a long career at age 36, not necessarily the player that he was, but always a good contact uh, hitter and a decent outfielder. So they're preparing uh, for whether or not Bellinger is going to be there. You know, right now it looks like PCA in center field and uh, Michael Bush at first base. If the Cubs don't get Bellinger, are they going with those two guys? Are they going to look to add anything else? Is there another realistic veteran option on the table? I don't think so. I think they're comfortable with the two young guys. And, again, the Cubs minor league system is uh, is considered one of the best in baseball right now. Adding Bush, uh, having Armstrong, even though he had a uh, a tough go in the 14 at bats that he had last year at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. They 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 believe in uh, both players obviously and you you have to believe in their eyes and uh, what they think is going to happen uh as far as giving these guys 
at bats and being able to be the uh, the players that they envision they're going to be. Again, it's a little nervous for Cub fans and for media to look at them and go, well, what's the backup plan if that doesn't work out? Look, uh, I, I think that all things considered, I think there's a, there's still a great chance that that uh, Bollinger ends up a Chicago Cub. But at this point in time, uh, again, moving toward a uh, game starting on Friday, uh, no, no soap with uh, Bellinger. Talking Cubs with Bruce Levine here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, Tom Ricketts went on to say, and perhaps you just illustrated why, that he thinks Jed Hoyer's had a really good offseason, talked about how they've added some parts that are going to be beneficial to the whole uh, doesn't see any reason why the Cubs wouldn't be favored to win the division this year. And part of that is they're very high on some of their young players who fans may not be expecting anything from, but they are. And they did add some veteran pieces to the mix, including the the Japanese starter Shota Emanaga and reliever Hector Neris, who brings something they didn't have in that bullpen last year. Right, and, you know, and they got another reliever in the bullpen in the, in the trade with the Dodgers. So uh, they feel fortified now. Do they look like a team that's going to win 95 games right now and, and uh, run away with the division? Probably not. Uh, but, uh, you know, when you look at the rest of the, uh, the division and what it's stacked up to be, I don't think anybody feels, uh, you know, great about Milwaukee after losing their ace pitcher and their manager. Uh, Cincinnati certainly looked great at the end of last year, and they certainly have a wonderful lineup, but you don't know if their pitching is going to be better or not. They added a a couple of people here and there, but uh, again, is, are are the Cardinal moves blowing you away? You know, adding uh, Lance Lynn and adding uh, another veteran pitcher. I, you know, I I wouldn't, I wouldn't be worried right now if you're, I'm a Cubs fan, I'd be interested to see, how Bellinger works out, if Chapman is a piece down the road that they're going to want to sign. You know, we're hearing right now from uh, manager uh, Craig Council that uh, Christopher Morell is going to get the first shot at winning the third base job. He's going to be playing there at the beginning of the year. So there's a lot of moving parts. Um, you know, when you, when you talk about Morell, you know, I think he, it's an underrated piece when you talk about the fact that he hit 37 home runs last year, including – 11 in the minor leagues before they brought him up. Uh, player development is going to be a part of what the Chicago Cubs are all about. They believe in their young players, even if you, you the fan or you the media person doesn't. And I, I think you're going to see a lot of at-bats for their young guys. What is the concern about Morell at third? Because they had an opportunity to put him there last year, and they resisted that as much as possible. Why the change? Well, I, I just think that, um, they're, they're, you know, the concern is that he hasn't been very good at any position they put at, put him at. But to his credit, he's gone out there, tried every position that they put him at, and, uh, you know, has never said no. When we suggested yesterday to Morrell, you know, that um, one position, would, would he like to do that? And he said yes, very much. He played in winter ball all year. All the reports were good on him at third base in winter ball. Made a few errors here and there. But I, I just think you, if you, you believe in your, your players and your young people, you have to be all about player development, okay? It might not sound great to Cub fans, you know, because they're not household names. They're not Chapman. 
They're not Bellinger. They're not J.D. Martinez. But they are the wave of the Cub future. And they've spent a lot of time over the last two years creating this farm system. Not all those guys are, are going to be stars at the major league level, but there is power in numbers, and, and some of those players might be traded for veteran pieces uh, at, at the trading deadline, depending on how things go over the course of the regular season, if this team is as good as Tom Ricketts believes that it can be. Final one, Bruce, before we let you go, and again, we thank you so much for joining us. With Craig Council and in his his opening spring training press conference, he said, try not to make too much about the way he runs his camp, so to speak, uh, because he's not doing anything where he's reinventing the wheel. But you've seen a lot of different spring training camps, whether it was through Joe Madden, the, the David Ross camp, and, and now Craig Council. Can you tangibly describe what's different? Not, not yet, because the position players just reported. Not all of them were in before today. You know, Dansby Swanson showed up today. He talked to the media at length about, you know, the team and his leadership um, and being a part of it and how many games would be ideal for him to play this year. Nico Horner has been in camp for a while. Look, uh, I, I, I think we, we go back to what you said. Craig Council is a veteran guy, okay? He knows the Cub players, okay? He spent since November when he was hired getting to know the people in the organization and the minor league system. He's a really smart guy. I would say don't worry about the first few days of uh, spring training in camp. Watch how he maneuvers and manipulates using bullpen guys and stretching out starting pitchers like Drew Smiley, even though he might be in the bullpen. Uh, Just just watch how he handles it. He's a very calm guy. He's a very smart guy. People will will get to know and understand the way he does things, but for now, uh, don't don't expect too much too early as far as big changes. I think the morale situation is a is a good one. It's it's a good thing to say. Morel's going to start the year as uh, the, the spring training as our third baseman. Let's see how it goes. So nothing's necessarily in stone, but you know I just like the demeanor of Council. I always have. I've known him since he was a player back in the late '90s with uh, Miami, and then moving on to um arizona where he won championships as a part of a championship team at both places this guy's going to be really good he's going to be a strong manager but he's not going to try to impress anybody in spring training he's just going to try to get to know his players and build up some trust and relationships that's the number one goal for him good stuff bruce thank you so much appreciate the time all right zach take care buddy bruce levine score insider spending some time with us, breaking it all down from Mesa, Arizona. When we come back, we will talk White Sox with MLB.com's Scott Merkin. A reminder, the Parkinson Spiegel Show is hosting a QB1 town hall this Wednesday from 2 to 6 p.m. in front of a live studio audience at the Blue Cross Blue Shield performance stage. They'll also be joined by football experts to weigh in on the QB1 debate that everyone is talking about. That's the QB1 Town Hall with Parkinson Spiegel this Wednesday from 2 to 6 p.m. Listen live right here on 670 The Score or the Odyssey app. You can watch live on Twitch and YouTube. White Sox talk next. Zach Saban with you till 9 o'clock on The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We are Chicago's number one and most listened to sports station. We're live from Chicago, talking Chicago's. You know, it was tough, uh, but every year is another, another year. Uh, we got a lot of times we just got to come together. Um, and so far, it, look, it looked good, uh, way better than last year. And um, I hope keep doing, we can do that. And now it's Zach Zaidman on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. Eloy Jimenez trying to bounce back from what's just – he's been cursed with injuries. But, man, when he's healthy, he is a special player out there. That's been the issue for him on the south side. Hi, everyone. Zach Zaidman with you until 9 o'clock on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. We're talking socks and joining us now – on the Circa Sports Illinois hotline is MLB.com Scott Merkin. Download the Circa Sports app today. Scott, good evening. Thank you so much for joining us. There's so many different directions we can go when it comes to the White Sox because I, I want to get into the whole Pakota thing and why they are making it, I think, even a bigger deal than the fans are making it. But let's start with Eloy, because when he's right, I think everyone knows what he can do. He's he's a special guy. Is he right? Can he be right? And is he going to be with the Sox when he's truly right? I'm still kind of caught up in that uh, Wendy's commercial right before the <laughs> break there, Zach. But catchy little tunes. I didn't even know Wendy's is still going, to be honest with you. But I probably shouldn't say that if they're a sponsor of your guys. But I did already. So um, back to Eloy. Yeah, I mean. Aloy's kind of, I don't know if I want to say enigmatic, but he's, he's a really charismatic kid. Um, you know, he's, he's got a good sense of humor, very low key. He's kind of like, you know, Moncada and Robert, they're all, none of them are like real in your face type guys. They're all just kind of laid back a little bit, but competitive. And, you know, he's got that 40, 40 home run potential. He really was pretty healthy last year, aside from an appendectomy. He played 120 games, missed, I think, from May 8th to the 26th because of that. So, you know, I, I I think with him, it's getting the ball in the air a little more, and he told us today that he's been working on that. He he joked that he he can't uh, tell us what he did to work on that because then other <laughs> pitchers will see the video. Come on. So I said, I said, well, can we hear after the camera's done? He said, maybe at the end of the year. But he said it's paying dividends already. Now, again, there were some long drives, you know, hitting BP today, but, you know, no one ever 
really made the Hall of Fame or got to the World Series because of good BP. So I, I think it was interesting. I wrote this today. I think it's interesting that, you know, if Jimenez and Moncada and Roberts stay healthy, and Robert played 145 games last year, and Moncada had a you know good finish with his back healthy again. If they stay healthy, and Deloitte said 150 plus, okay, let's say it's even 140 plus, you know they'll produce. That that that's three talented kids, and that's yeah, that's the one thing about this team is that people are saying, oh, you know, 60 wins, you know, 0.0 chance to win the division, yada yada yada. And you know, I get it. It's not exactly the 27 Yankees on paper, but <laughs> there is some good core players on that team. You know, I mean. Jimenez, Robert, Moncada, uh, Vaughn. You know, you have uh, Ben Attendee, who I think is having a better year than last year. You have Cease still at the top of the rotation. you got a guy in Maldonado who, you know, has been the starting catcher for a team that's been to the ALCS at least six straight years. So it's not like it's bereft of talent. It's not like there's nothing there. So back to your Lloyd question, I, you know, I don't think there was a ton of interest in the offseason because, you know, he's pretty much a DH, even though he likes to kind of, fancy himself as a right fielder too, but I think, you know, for the purpose of the White Sox, he'd be pretty much a DH and that's kind of a hard guy to trade when you have, you know, the contract he has and that sort of thing. So he's going to, you know, I think at least at the beginning, do more help for the White Sox than someone else, you know, by the White Sox trade him. All right. So let's start with Dylan Cease now and, and go to, to him because it seems as though everyone around Major League Baseball believes He's not long for the White Sox. Chris Getz has said the asking price is high. How how is this going to play out, do you think? Well, I mean, I don't. And, you know, I talked to Chris for a while, one-on-one on on Saturday, and I asked him a lot about trade stuff. This is the first time he's really been the front man on trades. You know, not not kind of. It really is. Mm -hmm. You know, he was a support by his own admission. It's not admission, but, I mean, he was – the assistant GM behind Rick Hahn. So he was, and Kenny Williams, executive vice president. So he was a supporting role there. So it's kind of interesting to hear his perspective on trades. And, you know, I asked him, were there, is there ever a moment where you hung up the phone or stopped texting and thought, you know, what was that offer? And he laughed and said, there were a few. And he goes, but I'm sure there were a few people reacting the same way to me. So, <laughs> I, you know, it, it's a trade that he almost has to nail 100% with what the White Sox are trying to do here. And, you know, in a rebuild now, but trying not to extend this thing too long. This is not one of those tear them down, get 10 prospects in the top 100, and then go after it in three years. I think they're trying to move this pretty quickly. And if you're going to trade a guy like Cease, who's a top of the rotation type guy, I get it that he does. He can't get a little wild at times. He's been, you know, the AL walk leader, I think, the last two or three years. But, you know, he was the AL Cy Young runner up in 22. He struck out 200 in each of the last three years. And I think one of the key things is, uh, you know, 97 starts overall in the last three years. And we found more and more in this day and age, I think, leadership is more about availability than turning over a table and standing up in the middle of the clubhouse and yelling at someone, you know. So I, I think that makes him even extra valuable. And there may be sort of kind of an access fee if you're a team looking for seats to come after. So, you know, let's say that the Orioles offered, uh, what was it, Ortiz and Hall, which is what they got Burns for. Mm-hmm. If Chris did not feel, which he clearly didn't feel that was enough, then you hang on to him. You know, it's not the, it's certainly, I don't even want to say it's not the worst thing because Dylan's a very good pitcher and a guy who would fit in any clubhouse. So it's certainly beneficial to the Sox to still have him in terms of their own cause. The only thing you worry about is if you're going to explore a trade in spring training possibly, or more likely as the year goes on near the trade deadline. You you run the injury risk. Now, granted, he's been injury-free 
the last three years, but you never know when that can change. So that's the one thing by not trading him at this point that you, you, you know, take a chance on. Now, with that said, I do think this year at some point, barring some sort of amazing start by the White Sox, he'll be traded. But I think even then, even if they have an amazing start, I think even then Chris has got to survey the landscape and say, okay, is this an amazing start that's going to get us to 500? Is this an amazing start that, you know, really, if you want to go suspend, you know, disbelief a little bit, get us to one round of the playoffs? And does it really matter if we, you know, keep Dylan or trade Dylan at this? Is it better to trade Dylan and build for now in the future than try and act on kind of a wing and a prayer right now? So I do think he'll go, but I don't think, I just don't see Chris knocking down the ass because, like I said, they have to win this deal. This has to be a deal that they get exactly what they want from when they make it. Makes sense. We're talking White Sox with Scott Merkin from MLB.com here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. All right. I want to want to get your take on the whole 0% playoff projection. Yeah. Why is this such a big deal to the White Sox? You know, it's interesting. I think it's kind of a rallying cry. Um, you know, you see that in teams, and especially a team that people don't give a chance to and that includes you know let's be honest a lot of their own fan base so i think it's kind of a why not us you know thing they have they have a good group they have a good clubhouse group it was a very concerted effort to go after guys who would fit together the guys who could be leaders the guys who have brought winning attitude maldonado lopez you know i'm gonna miss people so i'm not gonna list them all but uh, Stassi. so i mean just you know guys that are gonna uh, soroka you know played for the braves who won a world series mm-hmm. and I think it's kind of a, you know, get the young guys or get this team that's melding together, trying to meld together, fired up a little bit. Now, again, I think maybe you're making, you know, I mean, it's it's more of a statistical thing. I think what they're basically probably trying, what it basically says overall is they're not close to the favorite to win that division, right? So you could have zero. I mean, would 4% have been any better? You know, would that have been well, any less? That, that's why in, in, I laughed. Insulting? When I, I, I la- and you make a great point. I, I laughed when I saw it because I, I get, you know, fans make a bigger deal about it usually compared to the actual teams. You rarely see a manager bring it up. You know, I, I get it if someone asked him about it, but it, it appeared to me that it, unless I'm wrong, that it, it came up unsolicited. They they brought it up. I, I mentioned, I think I was the one who mentioned it to him about, does he pay attention to the projections? And he was ready to go when I asked him. That's for Pedro, that was it. So I, I think basically using the, Zero point, and I think it was zero point three to get a wild card, but zero point zero to win the division. I think they're using it as a cry of that we're better than this. That if we play together, if we play as a team, if we play fast, as Pedro said, probably seventy times in this first week. Right. If you know the defense really is improved, if they get any kind of pitching from the staff that they're putting together, and then their guy, their main guys can stay healthy. You know, is there a chance? You know, there's a chance we can show we're better than what people think. Now, again, if you end up making the not making the playoffs, well, then they were accurate, right? There was a zero chance you were going to go. I, I think it's more a sign of disrespect that they think this team has got more on the ball than people are saying. It's going to be up to them to prove it. And this is kind of saying like, okay, you think we have zero point? We're going to show you that we're this team is going to play baseball right. And again, as a number of people have said to me, kind of just on the side they're not sure what this is going to translate into in terms of wins and losses, but they really like the team they have. Our final few moments with Scott Merkin from MLV.com talking White Sox here on the score. 
what should fans know about the, the stadium deal? Wow, that's that's you know, I, I think it's tough for me to say because I'm probably not quite as in tune as some of the people who have been you know rigidly covering this on a daily basis. I just think you know if, if I, I don't even want to say guess that it's going to happen or it's not going to happen. I just think it's it's a good the basic thing I think that I know that you can take away from this is that this is part of a bigger development plan, right? Mm-hmm. That this is not just a stadium like they built at guarantee, you know, where the new Comiskey is and the, or, I'm sorry, the current guaranteed rate is and the old Comiskey was, this is a project. This is a development project. You know, what is it? This, the 78, right? It's going to be called. Yep. So I think the, the biggest thing I can say, but confidence I know about that you can take away is that the Sox are kind of the anchor of what appears to be from the plans that were sent to us and that, or, I'm sorry, the projections that were sent to us appears to be residential housing, um, you know, restaurants, hotels, just developing that whole area into a neighborhood. So it's not only about the ballpark. It's far from only about the ballpark. All right. And last thing before we say goodbye, who are you interested in kind of checking out when it comes to the newest additions on the White Sox? Because there were many during the offseason. Who are guys that you're keeping your eye on that eventually we will because of that. Newest edition is a good separator because, you know, Kopech and Crochet, who's working as a starter right now, would be two that they're already here. But I'm going to stick with the pitchers and say uh, Soroka, who is not far removed from being, you know, a rookie of the year candidate, from being a 16-win guy, from being a dominant pitcher for a great organization, and has had, you know, the same issue that Jake Berger had with the Achilles tears. And then Eric Fetty, who was not good, in his, last, in his first stint in the United States, pitching for Washington, went to Korea, just dominated that league, and really believes that not just the success, but the changes he made for the success are sustainable. So I'd really, I really want to see what he's going to have. Look at Merrill Kelly, you know, on the Diamondbacks. He went the same path, and he was the number two hurler for in the rotation for a team that went to the World Series this past year. So those are the two guys I would. I'm really interested to see once it gets going. Not even just Cactus League. But once the season gets going and see them out of the rotation. Great stuff. Scott, thank you so much. Sure, Zach. Anytime. Good talking to you. Good talking to you. And by the way, if you're if you're upset with what he said about Wendy's, take it up with Scott, not us. That's Scott Merkin, who does a terrific job covering the White Sox for MLB.com. Zach Sadman with you until nine o'clock. When we come back, I'm opening up the phone lines right now. 312-644-6767. That's the phone number. Here's what I want to know. It's a simple question. Why, why are people in this city, why are you so resistant to the Bears selecting Caleb Williams, number one overall, trading Justin Fields, and adding to an infrastructure for sustained success behind Caleb Williams? What has Justin Fields done that would not make you want to pick a quarterback Every expert that we've had on the score in the last two years has said is special. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And now it's Zach Zaidman on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. We'll talk Cubs with TV analyst Jim Deshays from Marquee Sports Network coming up at 8.20. The Cubs making some minor moves tonight. We'll get to them with J.D. coming up next hour. Until then, I want to talk some bears with you at 312-644-6767. I just don't understand why this is even a debate in terms of what the Bears should do with the number one overall pick. If you, if you want to have a debate, you can have a debate as to whether or not Matt Eberflus is the right guy to lead this team into this new era of football. I don't think he is. The defense was very good once they acquired Montez Sweat last year, but I, I don't think that Matt Eberflus is a guy that scares opposing teams or opposing coaches. I don't think there's anything innovative about him. I don't think that he helps the offense one bit whatsoever. If anything, I I think you can criticize a lot of his late-game decision-making. I don't know if it's his analytics guy or if it's him, whatever it is. Uh, The the Bears lost uh, a, a few games last year late that they should not have lost. And he's the head coach of the team that lost those games. In a wild offseason that featured some rock star coaching names, some of them still unemployed, to me, you could have done better than what the Bears did from a coaching standpoint this offseason. But here we are. What I don't think you can debate is that the Bears can improve dramatically this offseason at the quarterback position by taking Caleb Williams. And I say that because there's this notion that if you start over at quarterback, that you're hitting reset on the rebuild. And I don't believe that's true. I think you can get younger, cheaper, better at the quarterback position We're not talking about the number nine pick. We're not talking about what you would get if you trade Justin Fields. But I think 40 games is a pretty good sample size to know this is what Justin Fields is. Now, we're talking about a human being. Humans can improve. So do I think he can get a little bit better? Yes. But if you think what you've watched for 40 games is suddenly going to turn into what Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen are, I think you're mistaken. You don't have to give anything up. Think about the draft picks you gave up to get Justin Fields, the draft picks you gave up to get Mitchell Trubisky, the draft picks you gave up to get Jay Cutler. You don't have to give anything up to draft Caleb Williams. And you can still improve the entire team around him. And the cupboard is not bare. It's not like when Fields became a bear and there wasn't much around him. Then they made a coaching change a year in, blah, blah, blah. We Look. Life isn't fair. The NFL isn't fair. If there's an opportunity to do this the right way, why is this even a debate? 312-644-6767 is the phone number. Out to the phones we go. Let's begin the festivities with Sean in Romeoville. Sean, you're on the score. Good evening. 
Yes, hi. Good evening. I'd like to start with a quick question, if you don't mind. Uh, would you be okay with Getsy um, play calling for Caleb Williams? I just wanted to start with that. Would you be okay with that? Yeah, and you know what? The fact that Getsy, uh, the the fact that Getsy got a job. You see, there there we go. We well, will use well, every excuse. I, I just want to start. Ah, with it. But but you went ah. So yeah, you obviously I, had I, I, you obviously had in your head. You're blaming no. Getsy, just like there's I'm certain not. people that I'm... say Marvin Harrison would automatically make Justin Fields into no. Patrick Mahomes, well, and that's me... not true. Okay, give me a sec. Well, that's why I probably shouldn't have started with a question. So I'm not absolving Justin Fields of his flaws. I think what, what I think is criminal is when I hear guys go on and on about these really good quarterbacks and you don't mention coaching. And I'm not just talking about quarterback development. I'm talking about play calling and scheming. To not mention that when you talk about Jordan Love and LaFleur or Mahomes and Reed or Goff and Ben Johnson or Tua and McDaniels, I, I, I think – or Burrow and his head coach. I just don't understand how you, you can kind of skew the argument that way. He hasn't had that. And I, th- I think people are so torn. Hold on. It's not just because and, he's a I, I agree with Sean that you make some great points. I'm not hanging up on you, but sure. who are the guys that Justin Herbert has worked with? Yeah, but he look at his look last year. He 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 wasn't he wasn't good enough to lift them last year. Over uh, we're talking about that. It's it's what have you done for me lately? Like, he got injured last year. He, he got but injured. He, he, he wasn't injured. He wasn't injured the entire season. But again, it's like you said earlier. There are going to be exceptions. You can find you can mm-hmm. you can find an exception for every argument. But most of the guys you named, heck, had have terrific coaches. Are you telling me that if Love didn't didn't have the same playbook for three years, wasn't personally wasn't personally selected by the coach to call this plays? You're telling me he looked the same. Okay. You're telling me he looked the same. But now you have an opportunity. You've hired you've hired an offensive coordinator, right? That that is respected, is he not? Isn't Waldron respected you know, I, I, around the NFL? I, you know what? From, I, I've I've heard mixed things. I didn't really follow Seattle. I, I think if you look at numbers, I don't think their offense was as good in twenty three as it was in twenty two. And I don't think Geno was as good in twenty three as twenty two. But I've heard I've heard mixed things. I, I don't have much to say about him. I, I think he's I think he'll be he'll probably he's more experienced than Getsy was as a play caller. So I'll give him that. All right. So and, so and I, that's I, fair. I feel somewhat positive. I I, yeah. I do not blame you, Sean, for being apprehensive that once again the Bears are going to another quarterback. I get it, but I don't want to see Justin Fields with a third offensive coordinator here. I don't want to pay Justin Fields and then make it harder to build the team around him. I have not seen enough from Justin Fields in 40 games to believe he's the answer, but I I know that I may never be in this position again, not only to have the top overall pick, but Mm -hmm. to be able to have the top overall pick in a draft where nearly every expert, this is not just me talking about it, nearly Every expert that you would trust is saying Caleb Williams has special talent. Well, before I get off the phone, I'll just say this last thing. Since 93, the Bears have been to the playoffs seven or eight times. Now, I get it. We all want a unicorn, man. We all want that one guy. 
The problem is there are only a few of them going around. We all want that unicorn that we think that we think can lift lift the team above everything. 100%. But I would take right now. Mm-hmm. I would take right now sustainability. If I can go into every season knowing that my that the Bears have a chance that I, I can count on them being above 500. I can count on them maybe getting into the playoffs, maybe going deep, just knowing they're going to be consistently good. I'll take that. And if you think Caleb Williams is going to deliver that, then fine. I think they're closer to being like that with Fields and, a, and an ascending team than inserting a rookie quarterback because you're not just resetting the, 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 the financial clock. You're, you're resetting the, the development clock. And if he doesn't look like C.J. Stroud next year, which most rookies don't, it's going to be tough. But what if he's better than Fields? You don't have to look like, and, and thank you for the call, Sean. No one is saying that you need to be the next C.J. Stroud. What C.J. Stroud did in his rookie season is historic. It's really special. But this notion that a rookie quarterback is going to be worse than Justin Fields in year one, I don't buy it. I don't think it takes that much to be better overall than Justin Fields was last year if you can operate the passing game better. I mean, I look, I love watching the things that Justin Fields does that very few quarterbacks in the history of this game have been able to do. He's exciting to watch. I get it. But as I said to start the show, you know what's more exciting than flash plays with the legs? Wins and lots of wins. You haven't had lots of wins with Justin Fields as the quarterback. 312-644-6767. Your calls on the Bears next. Zach Saban with you till 9 o'clock on the score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.